Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by Mark Feinsand, one of the best MLB insiders in the business. You can check out his work. He does a weekly trade uh, mailbag over on MLB.com. You can watch him on MLB Network as well. Mark, we appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing very well. So I saw that yesterday you were able to go out to the ballpark for the first time in quite some time. What was it like to finally be able to be in attendance? Oh, it was great. It was just nice to step back on a field again and be able to like speak to people in person. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was nice to speak to a manager in, in the dugout instead of on zoom and catch up with a few other people, uh, you know, both, both, uh, media folks and, and players and, uh, you know, executives, and it was it was just great. You know, it was uh, it was a little a little bit of normality getting back to our lives. Speaking of normality, Mark, we saw this past Sunday at Wrigley a, a full stadium for the first time in what feels like forever. How impactful do you think that truly is for the players, for the managers, for the writers to know that we're getting back to these full stadiums, which is going to amp up the excitement? Yeah, I mean, I think players definitely feed off the crowd, and uh, you know, getting getting 30 or 40,000 people together to cheer on the home team can only help the home team. You would think, <laughs> uh, and you know, I think just little things like, you know, the new rule that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in the dugout or you don't have to, uh, you know, get tested all the time. It, it's, I think these things are little things that are going to, uh, you know, sort of bleed normality back into the, the lives of all the people involved with these teams. And uh, you know, I think it's a welcome change and something that everybody's just been waiting a long time for. Well, Mark, one of the things that we're all kind of looking forward to here in St. Louis is the trade deadline and what the next month is going to hold for the Cardinals because the offense is struggling right now and the pitching staff is just decimated by injuries. And I think you're one of the best in the business when it comes to the trades. Who's out there? Like, is there anybody available if the Cardinals wanted to make a move right now to be able to improve this rotation? Well, uh, no. <laughs> um, I think look, there are certainly people out there. You know, the tricky thing is that when you look at teams that are potentially willing to make trades uh, in mid-June, they're not good teams, right? They're teams that have already decided they're out of the race. And so when you're looking at that, chances are those teams don't have all that much starting pitching to trade. Because uh, if they did, they wouldn't be out of the race already. Um, so that's where it gets a little tricky. I mean, you know, like the Rockies, for instance, they're, you know, they're out of the race. Uh, they're going to be a seller. We know Trevor Story is going to be the number one guy everybody's looking at there. But John Gray is a guy who uh, I think certainly could be, you know, a good, solid mid, mid to back end of the rotation guy who could help a contender. Uh, and I imagine that there's a good chance he's going to get traded. He's heading for free agency. Uh, Herman Marquez is another guy who, uh, you know, a lot of people are really high on him in terms of his potential and, you know, what he's been able to do in the big leagues. Now, the tricky part there is he's under control for a couple more years. So the Rockies are not in a situation where they have to trade him. 
uh, somebody knocks your socks off with an offer, I think anybody can be had from that roster for the most part. Um, but I just don't think, uh, you know, they're going to trade him because they feel they have to. So, you know, you look at a team like Pittsburgh, not much starting pitching there. A team like Miami, not much starting pitching there that they're going to trade. They've got some young guys. You know, Texas is interesting. They're 18 games under 500. Kyle Gibson's a, a really good starting pitcher there. Uh, so I think there are some arms there that could potentially be had. And then if you're looking at a bigger kind of a deal, I mean, Minnesota's having a terrible year. Could Jose Barrios be on the, on the block at some point? Uh, he's got one year left before free agency. Um, and if the team's willing to pony up some real prospects, I think you could, could see him on the move too. Mark, I want to go back to the Texas Rangers because Kyle Gibson name has been brought up a lot here in St. Louis these last couple of weeks. And of course, the Cardinals desperately need the pitching. Do you think Texas would even be willing to trade Gibson unless it's a blow us away deal now? Because when they get to the trade deadline, more teams are going to want pitching. And of course, there's not much as you've talked about. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think as as you get closer to the deadline and you have more teams, uh, you know, willing to make deals and, and more teams that are feeling that urgency to go out and get somebody uh, that could amp up the price. That said, a team might be willing to pay that kind of a price now to get six more weeks of that guy, rather than, you know, acquiring him on, uh, on July 30th. If you acquire him on June 20th, you've got an extra, you know, 40 days of that guy in your rotation. So, um, you know, I think if Texas has decided that, you know, they're going to be a seller, which you have to assume they have, this is a guy who is a reasonably priced starting pitcher. He makes what, $9.6 million this year, I think. And next year, he makes seven point six, and then he's a free agent. So unless Texas believes that it's going to be a contender next year, it makes no sense not to trade him now because giving up you know, a guy with a year of control, you're going to get more in exchange. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who can impact two pennant races versus just one, uh, you know, like a guy like Gray who's entering his free agent year. So, um, you know, you make a big enough offer, teams aren't going to aren't going to turn away the phone call. So I think, uh, you know, guys like Gibson are certainly going to be intriguing to those pitching needy teams like the Cardinals. Mark Feinstein's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Mark, but with with a guy like Kyle Gibson, and he's he's my number one contender, because like you said, there's just not a whole lot of names out there right now. What kind of pitcher are the Cardinals getting? Because so far this year, he's been excellent. He has a 2.1 ERA, but in his history, he's more of like a 4.5 ERA type of a guy on average. So are you buying into what we've watched from him so far this season? And do you believe that he would be that same player if he was removed from Texas and put onto the Cardinals, for example? I believe it. I mean, you know, Texas is not a good pitcher's park in general, Um so, you know, and, and those are not easy conditions to pitch in. You know, I, when guys at age 33 sort of figure something out, I'm more apt to believe that they can uh, continue it because they're more mature um, and, and they've, you know, sort of figured out the mental side of, of what it takes to succeed. Um, you know, I look at a guy like Charlie Morton um, and say, you know, why did he all of a sudden become such a successful pitcher in his mid-30s? He figured something out and stuck with it. So, um, you know, I think for a guy like Gibson, who's uh, had a lot of success this year for a bad club, you know, you go to a contender. I don't know Kyle Gibson, so I don't know what his mindset is. I don't know if he's a guy who would uh, thrive under pressure versus crack under pressure. Uh, so I can't speak to that. But, you know, he pitched on some pretty good Twins teams and won double-digit games five times for Minnesota. Um, so it's not like he hasn't been there before. Um, you know, so he's been to the postseason. He was in the postseason last year. Uh, 
I just think, you know, a guy like that, you're not paying what you're going to have to pay for Jose Barrios, right? This is not going to be um, quite as big of a thing because Minnesota, you know, homegrown guy, and you're sort of expecting that, uh, you know, that, that they look to potentially re-sign him if they could. But, again, if, if the right offer is there, um, I just figured you guys would be talking about Max Scherzer and nothing else going forward here. <laughs> well, we've uh, moved past that, Mark. We've, we've certainly <laughs> talked plenty about Max Scherzer. The question now that's looming with him is the health. And then, really, for the Cardinals, it's about the urgency of being able to get the innings both now and then into the deadline. Let's go ahead and go there, though, Mark. What do you think are the ch- option or the chances that Scherzer is ultimately dealt at the deadline this year? I think it will basically come down to whether Scherzer wants to be traded. Uh, has he already decided he wants to finish his career in Washington? And would a trade preempt that from happening? I mean, I know it's not a common thing, but we saw it a few years ago. 2016, the Yankees traded Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs uh, for Glaber Torres, among other players. Uh, and then three months later, after the Cubs won the World Series with Chapman, he signed back with the Yankees. So, you know, Scherzer is as competitive a guy as I've ever been around. And the idea of him pitching out this year on a, an under 500 team, that, look, the Nationals are still within striking distance. We certainly saw that club come back from a, a worse start to win the World Series a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, you can't say that they're completely out of it. They're six games out of a playoff spot. But if things were to turn south and you looked at July 10th or, you know, the All-Star break and they were 12 games out of a playoff spot, and and Mike Rizzo went to Scherzer and said, look, I want to I want to send you somewhere where you can pitch for meaningful games this year. But we want to bring you back here next year. Would a trade close the door on you coming back? I think that would be a very big key on whether they would trade him. They didn't trade Bryce Harper in a similar scenario a few years ago. But Bryce Harper was also a franchise player entering his age 26 season who the Nationals wanted to try to bring back on a very lengthy deal. Max Scherzer's a guy who's going to be 37 uh, who you figure is not going to be signing a 10-year deal. So uh, I think Harper and Scherzer are apples and oranges, but the Nationals have not been a team that is has folded and traded guys uh, in their walk year, but I think a lot of it will depend on sort of where they are maybe three or four weeks from now or, or maybe six weeks from now. In this scenario, Mark, and of course we look at it from the Cardinals' point of view and say, you know, would they make a move for it? And a lot of people, I think, look at that and say, well, they're not making a move unless you can keep Max Scherzer beyond this season. Otherwise, why are you paying that price? Do you see a situation where if a team like the Cardinals tried to dive into Max Scherzer, it would kind of come with, you know, lock you up after this year? Well, I don't think he would lock anywhere up before he actually hits free agency. That's not how uh, Scott Boris clients tend to operate. Um, that said, you know, the idea of Scherzer going to pitch at home in St. Louis, you could see him becoming intoxicated by that, especially if they have success there. So, um, you know, I, I think it would give St. Louis a, a good shot to re-sign him if things go well and he really enjoys being at home, et cetera. Um, I'm also not quite sure that it would be as big of a price as you think, because again, you're talking about two plus months of a 36, 37 year old pitcher. You're not trading for a guy with a ton of control. Um, you know, just the, the, the best comp is Verlander a few years back in 2017, when he went to Houston, um, you know, Houston didn't give up a whole lot for him. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure it would be a matter of the Cardinals giving up, you know, any real major, huge big time prospects to get him. Uh, the biggest price would be just, you know, 
paying the the couple of months of his uh, exorbitant salary. Mark, another pitcher's name that has been brought up that could be potentially traded is Zach Wheeler. What do you think the chances of, of him being available come trade deadline from the Phillies would be? I'd be pretty surprised if he was moved. I, you know, he's been so good there. Um, you know, that's a free agent signing that's worked out really well for the Phillies so far. Um, and he's not, you know, he's not approaching the end of that contract uh, anytime soon. He signed through 2024. So uh, given what he's done there and the fact that the Phillies are a team that, you know, has their sights set on on contending. I mean, they're at 500 right now, but they're only four and a half games out in the division and three and a half out of a wild card spot. Uh, even if things were to fall apart and they were to be eight or nine games out, I just find it hard to believe they would trade Wheeler. Just another couple of minutes here with Mark Feinstein of MLB Network and MLB.com. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Mark, I did want to ask you specifically about the Cardinals because we've talked a lot about players that could potentially help this team. Let's talk about the team where it stands right now because they're 35 and 34. They're four games back of the Cubs with the Brewers and the Reds above them right now in the Central as well. In your opinion, is this team worth going out there at this point and acquiring somebody to help what they have right now. Do you see this as a, a real contender in the national league? I think they're certainly a contender in the national league central. And right now that's all they need to worry about. I mean, you, you've got uh, four teams all kind of bunched up there within four games of each other. Um, and, you know, two good weeks and all of a sudden this division could, you know, be completely upside down from where it is right now. Uh, I think the Cardinals certainly need some help. Uh, they need to, you know, get healthy and maybe add a player or two. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a fascinating division to me because nobody seems to know what the Cubs are going to do, right? We all thought when they traded you Darvish and they non-tender Kyle Schwarber, okay, they're cutting salary and they're going to be in a sort of a transitional phase. And then they signed Jock Peterson, which was sort of odd. And now they're in first place and Chris Bryant's bounced back. Uh, you know, to, to sort of not quite MVP level, but really good, uh, you know, close to MVP level. And he was the guy, you know, if you had asked me on April 1st, who's the most likely guy in the National League to be traded, Trevor Story would have been one and Chris Bryant would have been two. Um, and now all of a sudden the Cubs are in a spot where not only are they unlikely to be sellers, but are they going to be buyers? Is the ownership going to let them add salary uh, to their team? You know, the Reds are in that mix. Are they going to, uh, you know, pony up some some payroll and, and, and add. The Brewers are the same way. We've seen them have success, but they have been reluctant to add uh, big contracts. So I feel like if the Cardinals can go out there and actually be aggressive and make them over two, uh, there's no reason that they couldn't surge ahead of these three teams. How far off do you think this Cardinals team, Mark, is from contending for a World Series? Well, uh, probably a bit. Uh, not anything to say about the Cardinals themselves. I just think right now that the national league West is so stacked and so loaded that it's just hard to imagine that one of those teams won't come out of the national league. Unless of course the Mets can just take DeGrom and Stroman and Walker and, you know, potentially Cindergaard eventually uh, and just pitch their way to a title. Um, there are some really top heavy, tough teams in the national league. You know, we keep talking about the Dodgers and the Padres, and yet here we are. The Giants have the best record in the NL by three games. So I don't think you can dismiss them either. Uh, you know, their run differential is great. Their pitching has been fantastic. Um, so I think those National League West teams are going to have a lot to say. I think there's a, a really strong chance that three teams come out of the National League West in the playoffs. Um, I guess the good news about that is that one of them would be eliminated right off the bat. 
because they'd, two of them would play each other in a wild card game. And if the third one has the best record, well, then it'd basically be a round robin. And, uh, you know, the Central and East could basically play for a spot in the NLCS. But those West teams are going to be really, really tough. Mark, final thing, and we'll get you out of here on this. Thanks so much once again for hopping on with us today. If I put you in John Mosellock's situation right now and you were in charge of the Cardinals, what would you want to do if you could just have your druthers and you, you know kind of what the cost is looking like right now? What would you want to do at the trade deadline? I think adding at least one starting pitcher has got to be the priority. Um, you know, the rotation uh, has a couple of holes in it that just needs a little bit of help. Um, you know, the problem with that, of course, is that every team in baseball, for the most part, uh, is going to be looking for a starting pitcher. Every contender is going to be looking for bullpen help. And every, every, most contenders are going to be looking for pitching help. So you have to kind of think about, do I want to be aggressive and, and make a big trade? I mean, the Cardinals have one real big advantage. And I'm not saying they're going to trade Nolan Gorman, but they've got a third baseman who isn't going anywhere. And, and that's a big chip for them to play if they decide there's something worth playing it for. Um, and, you know, teams are so reluctant to deal their, their major prospects now uh, that when you have depth at one where you have a guy that doesn't really have a position and is blocked for the foreseeable future, that gives you a chip to play with. And, uh, you know, I think if you're willing to trade a guy like that, you're going to have a leg up in most trade conversations uh, versus any other team. Mark, we always appreciate the time. People can check you out on MLB Network. They can read your work over at MLB.com. I know I saw earlier today you had a brand new trade deadline mailbag over there. Always appreciate the time. We look forward to talking with you again soon, my friend. You got it, guys. Take it easy.